Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello and welcome to episode 257 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today we're going to be talking about how to deal with patients who first meet with Dr. Google before meeting you. Now, we're going to go over the importance of listening to your patient We'll talk about how to educate your patient appropriately about the information they've received. And we're also going to discuss how to redirect that patient with good information and treat them better, evaluate them better, and just make their overall function improved and better. But before we get started, we're just going to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. You go into clinic every day to practice at the top of your license and provide the best care to your patients. Yet... Four out of five orthopedists say that note-taking is interfering with patient care. Robin is here to change that. Robin provides ambient virtual scribing that's designed exclusively for orthopedics. Its Robin Assistant device ambiently captures your visits, so you can focus on patients, and Robin Virtual Scribes can deliver more complete clinical notes and codes to your EHR. Visit robin.co OEP. That's robin.co OEP. To learn more. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. Welcome back. So I just need to give you a little description on where I am recording today. I'm down in the basement in a little corner on a weight bench, on a bench press bench right now with my computer and my microphone and um, my notes. And uh, we are rebuilding the basement. This is typically where I like to do my podcasting, but um, it's in disarray right now, complete disarray. We are modifying it so that we can have a better workout area, but even more importantly, uh, we're building a little studio for myself so that we have a place to do this recording a little more consistently with better sound, better quality, and uh, also gives me a place to you know do uh, online work and our online coaching and uh, live streaming and, and whatnot, along with all the education that we do on YouTube. So it'll be great. It'll uh, bring some consistency to OrthoEvalPal in regards to how we deliver our content Content. And uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'd get this all modified, cleaned up and uh, ready to rock. So just to uh, let you know, this is um, this is where I'm at right now. So I know that today this may be a little off topic when it comes to orthopedic podcasts, but I really feel that there is a place for this discussion um, because I'm not sure about you, but I get this all the time. Patients come in and they say, oh, I looked online and I started some exercises for X, Y and Z uh, and I got worse. Or, you know, I Googled my symptoms and I think I've got hip, hip cancer. And uh, when in all actuality, they have osteoarthritis of the hip. And then here's another one that I've heard. And these are all things that I've heard from experience. I hear this stuff like this all the time. I think I have Seavers disease. And they get all panicky because the, the word disease in there. Uh, come to find out the patient's like 57 years old and uh, they have uh, plantar fasciitis uh, or something different. So it's kind of... 
um, difficult sometimes to compete with that because everybody has access to the internet now and all they want to do is just get immediate answers. They want to get immediate treatment and they want to get better yesterday. And, um, you know, Google can be a great resource, and I, I say Google, that's just because most of the people use Google as a search engine, but, you know, the internet in general, um, you know, can really spit out a lot of information. It can be a great resource for all of that information, uh, and I even use Google once in a while when I need a, a quick answer to a, a quick question, uh, and it's just pretty much straightforward, you know, how do you spell this, or how do you do that, or whatnot, uh, and so I use it once in a while. Here's an example of how I use it in the clinic one time, and this is going to be really educational. I'm sure a lot of you have not heard about this before, but um, so I'm treating this guy for for back pain. He has lumbar spinal stenosis, and he was in treating, and uh, he was on uh, you know a bike, and and we were talking, and he says, uh, my he said, can I ask you a question about my daughter? She's got this foot pain that she that started just recently, and it's it's both feet. She's having a hard time walking. Just wondering if you could take a look at her sometime. So I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Why don't you bring her in the next time you come in? So couple days goes by and um, she comes in with him. So I take a look at her feet and uh, she's a 16 year old, you know, female and has this like really unusual metatarsalgia looking type of foot presentation, um, a little bit of swelling in the toes um, and uh, just some redness around the nails, but really a lot of tenderness in the metatarsal heads distally, um, which was kind of really weird. And the fact that it was bilateral is also very unusual. So, you know, I thought this was a little unusual. And, and she said, you know, the weird thing is, is that I've got a couple of friends who have the same pain. And I'm like, okay, that's even stranger. I said, so what were you and your friends all doing at the same time that might have caused this discomfort, you know, in your feet? And she says, well, it wasn't too long ago, about three or four days ago, we were all in our hot tub. There were about seven or eight of us in a hot tub. It was outdoors. And here in northern Maine, it was snowing in the winter. It was cold. Um, surrounding the hot tub was uh, basically paver stones. They were ice cold. And uh, so when they all got out, they they were just chatting and talking and hanging out, standing on the paver stones. And uh, somebody in the family was a physician and said, you know, you probably have some plantar fasciitis. A couple of kids a couple of days later were complaining about foot pain. And, uh, you know, I thought really nothing of it. Just uh, thought it was a plantar fasciitis type problem. So interestingly enough, um, Two of the other people that were there at um, at this place that were in the hot tub had bilateral foot pain. So um, we called them up. They happened to be living close. They came in. So I had all three of them in the clinic with all exactly the same presentation. Everybody's limping. Nobody can toe off. Nobody can push off on the, the ball of the foot. And a lot of inflammation around the base of the foot and really, really weird. So I was stumped. Um, and apparently, after asking more questions, about six of the eight people had the same symptoms. Um, but none of them were clinical signs and symptoms of plantar fasciitis or any of your common orthopedic uh, conditions. So uh, while I was evaluating uh, these uh, folks, uh, our athletic trainer, Andy, just Googled it and, um, you know, said uh, causes of foot pain after using a hot tub. And apparently there is a diagnosis out there called hot tub, hot foot syndrome, where um, if there is a bacteria in the hot tub, it can 
migrate through the skin, especially in young people uh, where the skin is not very hardened and not very uh, well developed. Um, it gets through the skin, gets to the joint, causes a, a bacterial infection and uh, mimics an arthralgia in the foot. Um, and very, very interesting presentation. Some of these folks needed to take an, an antibiotic. Um, they all got better. They all responded. But um, it's one of those unusual things that uh, Google helped us figure out. But uh, not something you see very often. So it can be helpful. But what, um, you know... What Dr. Do, what Dr. Google cannot do for you, though, is deductive reasoning, okay? And Google cannot empathize with the patient. Uh, they can't, it can't read body language and perform special tests, um, can't ask the right questions to tease out certain diagnoses and sort things out like that. Now, I'm sure AI is going to be coming around the corner here soon and going to be able to diagnose everybody's problems just by getting a list of symptoms and, and signs. But um, right now, that's not happening. And I think that uh, it's important that we that we figure out you know how to deal with this because people get themselves in trouble. I mean, the anxiety that is developed with with what they find online is unbelievable, and it can make it really difficult, especially if you're a young therapist and you don't know how to um, deal with this patient who has all of this new knowledge that may not be correct. Um, you know, what do you do, and and how do you combat um, what the patient has already gotten themselves into? So I think number one is very important that you explain what's going on. Okay, not all internet information is correct. Okay, I saw somebody the other day explain how you tear your ACL, and it was unbelievable. the The explanation was completely opposite of the most common type of mechanism. And you know, if people are are liking that and looking at it and and using that as their source of information that could get them in trouble when evaluating patients. So you need to explain that not all that information is correct. Okay. The second thing you need to remember is don't make the patient feel bad about this. Okay. Everybody has done this. I mean, I've had tons of healthcare providers tell me they go to Google to find information to help sort out certain problems. And that is okay. Utilize it as a source, but you need to be able to use it only as a source and not the sole source, okay? So you're using that as a, just a piece of the puzzle to try to figure out what's going on. Um, so you, 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 you know, maybe this person doesn't have a healthcare provider. Uh, maybe they have no money to pay for healthcare or they don't have an insurance plan. They may not have access to health. I, you know, I hear this constantly, you know, through uh, YouTube and through uh, email and podcasting and whatnot. Uh, I, I hear this from people constantly that, you know, they're having this problem, that problem. They have a parent that's having an issue. They have no access to health care. Um, maybe they live in a remote part of the world and they just uh, cannot get to where they need to. And so they're asking and they're desperate. And, and you know, they'll go to the internet because it's easily accessible in many countries and um, they can try to help themselves as much as possible. So don't make them feel bad about doing it um, because that can really make for an embarrassing uh, and uh, an uncomfortable situation. Then you want to review why you came up with a diagnosis that you did, okay, and why you will treat them the way that you will treat them. So make them understand that. Piece everything together, A, B, C, and D, and say, well, because you have this, this, and this, 
this is why I think you have this. Um, and because you have this, we are going to treat you in this way. And this is how we are going to treat you and explain that. And there's nothing a patient likes more than to be informed so that they feel like they are part of this, you know, evaluation and treatment process. So be sure to listen to your patient. Don't make them feel bad. Explain why uh, you came up with the diagnosis that you did and, uh, you know, why you're going to treat them, you know, the way you're going to treat them. So, again, the Internet can be a, a great tool, but cannot, you know, ask you questions. And, 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 and the thing is, is that you need to make informed decisions. That's why we went to college. That's why we learned and studied as hard as we could to be in the professions that we are to help people get better, okay? Because we are basically detectives. We have to sort this stuff out and come to a conclusion. So uh, I know that we didn't talk a lot about uh, orthopedics today, but uh, I know that uh, you just understand a little bit more about hot tub, hot foot syndrome now. Um, and if you ever see it, you'll know it. It's going to be like, it's going to jump right out at you. And people are going to think you're like the smartest person in the world. If you ever figure that one out after, uh, you know, they've been in a hot tub and they developed these problems. But um, uh, just make sure that, uh, you know, you listen to your patient, use that information the way it's supposed to be used and uh, be sure to you know send your questions to us for the show I'd be more than happy to try to answer them uh, as well as we can and uh, you know be kind to each other do your best to do uh, what you do and uh, take care we hope you've enjoyed the show for some more awesome content go to orthoevalpal.com can't wait to see you there